What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is in, fresh off the diamond. And uh, we are loaded up. Plenty of Husker, t- Husker topics to talk with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch will be with us in about 20 minutes. Uh, Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski. Get Kaz's take on Nebraska's new-look defensive line with Devin Drew. Making his announcement a little earlier today. Oshan, of course, over the weekend. What's Kaz think of that? Uh, with Nebraska, more on the portal. And then Mike St. James is back for another episode of Better Call Saul. The review from last night. Last night was, it was all right. It wasn't the Nacho Saga from two weeks ago. As good an episode as there's been, you could argue with Better Call Saul. So we're uh, excited to talk some ball and a little Better Call Saul. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that is me, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal is where you follow him. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So we're past the portal deadline and uh, no news, good news right now as we talk about any future departures for Nebraska. Uh, Pitt is freaking out with uh, Jordan Addison and uh, the rumored issue with USC. Uh, there's smoke there. Uh, you also have a big-time addition with Nebraska, again, striking gold in the portal with Devin Drew, uh, immediate depth, durability, and talent from a Power Five coming to Lincoln. Real quick reminder, your chance to qualify online, and once this hour, once next hour, a uh, chance to beef up your backyard with ESPN Lincoln. Uh, we'll tell you when to call and what caller to be, but uh, the good news for you, you get a chance to win a Smoky Mountain cooker smoker from the good folks at Capital Patio and the Flame Shop and a gift card to Russ's. Plenty of meat to pick out there and throw on that smoker cooker for you. So beef up your backyard with ESPN Lincoln. Elijah, you're back from umpiring. Did you have to toss anybody? Well, it's funny you should mention that. No, I didn't. Um, But that is because this game got thrown together yesterday. And the reason was was what both these teams were supposed to be playing yesterday. Games got rained out, and one Big of the teams, time. one of the teams who I will not mention here, uh, varsity team, their their coach was thrown out of their last game, meaning he had to serve a one game suspension. And their next game on the docket was district. So in order to avoid that, we rescheduled a previously rained out game for today, got it in, and because it was the last game uh, before. Districts, no one wanted to get thrown out, did not have a single problem throughout the game. Everyone was quite respectful and nice. It was a 
really a, a cakewalk to say the least. It's not a single problem. How many guys have you tossed this year? This year, zero. Okay, this year it's, it's been a it's been a a pretty pretty easy year to be honest with you. All in all, I've, I've had a, a a good number of rainouts though here in the last couple of weeks. So it's usually so the around, numbers are skewed. I, I feel like it's around this time of year when coaches start to to feel the pressure for district seating and whatnot that things start to get a little a little rowdier. But haven't had as many games the past couple of weeks, so feeling good about today is a good game. And now I am. Ready for some radio. Ready to talk some Devin Drew. That's fun. good. You're right. Like just quit quit interrogating me on, <laughs> on my, my record of balls and strikes and don't interrogate me on how many parents or um or, or, or coaches I've I've given the heave ho to. I'll move on. I am, I almost did have to, to to toss a parent a couple weeks ago, but it was uh, a game-ending play that they weren't too happy with my call on, and the game was over, so I wasn't going to toss anyone after so, the game. So you, nah. got it, you got it right is the important part. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I even went and like Googled it after the, the game to make sure I was going through and looking through the uh, the official rule book, making sure I got it right, but I did. Well, Nebraska getting it right in the portal. Stop me if you've heard this before, but uh, when it comes to projected starters or more than contributors, you've got Thompson slash Pretty. At quarterback, you've got Palmer at slot, you've got Hill at corner, you've got Oshan at defensive end, you might have a guard in Kevin Williams, and uh, now you have Devin Drew, defensive tackle from Texas Tech. Drew's numbers are good when you look at a couple of different factors. One, two seasons, 900 snaps, and he can play all along the line. He's Played three technique, that's what he's coming to Lincoln to do. He's played four technique, he's played five, he's played zero all along the line. Seven hurries last year. We'll get to Lincoln in July, get a finish up and be a graduate from Texas Tech. So he'll do that stuff online and get to Lincoln in July. But you're getting a guy that is uh, a quick body type, 6'3", 285, and can come off the edge, can come off the interior. And right now you pair that with with Mathis, with Ty Robinson, with Tanner, with Garrett Nelson. You got to really be liking what what the possibilities are for your defensive line. A week ago, you're wondering what is going to happen with that unit. And nothing's set in stone. Nothing's uh, a thousand percent slam dunk. But Nebraska has done the work through the portal their willingness to adapt and the fan base, the draw, and, of course, the coaching staff and what's in that locker room, all part of the success for Nebraska to go out and take advantage of what is the Wild West in the portal. And you go get a guy in O'Shawn Mathis who already tweeted at Devin Drew, let's get to work. Uh, Drew comes in, and Drew's a Kansas City kid. Drew's a Kansas City kid that started his career at Iowa Western. That's great, a, great community college at Iowa Western. Big time. They always turn out talent. They have a lot of talent, and you got a guy like Drew that was a linebacker that put weight on and then played on the line and uh, is, is a regional guy. So that all adds up to a, a win today for Nebraska. And I don't think Nebraska's done you're still trying to replace three on the line. You lost Riley, you lost Rodgers, you lost Payne. Okay? Uh, what you've done is you've gotten O'Shawn, you've gotten Drew, and there's a couple of guys out there in the portal that will be making their way, at least one, Lamar Goods from Florida. I think Stefan Wynn 
uh, four-year guy at Alabama, 68 snaps last year. I think that's the preference if you're Nebraska, 6'4", 3'10", for him to play on the interior. We'll see if Nebraska can get win to Lincoln. Also, the, the safety from Bama, Williams, at uh, one time a number 11th safety overall. He's from Mickey Joseph's hometown. So that is is also a, a possibility. You have guys that are in the portal. What What is left for Nebraska to do? And you want to go three for three here, and you've lost three. You've replaced two. You still have one more opening. But the, the here and now is Devin Drew, and it's going to be nice to see him get uh, get used and get used in a, in a good way. He's When you watch his film, he set the edge well. Tech ran a 3-4, mm-hmm. and, and Tech ran a let's not give up any yards 3-4. So it was all about uh, whoever that fourth rusher was and the three-down lineman getting to the quarterback, their sack rate and pressure rate worse than Nebraska's. And it was more so the style of defense that Tech ran. And you can imagine in the Big 12 where you're you're trying to, to limit speed limit games where it's 75 to 70 that have been known to break out in the Big 12. But but Drew's going to going to come in and and get to work and be a guy that can really help this defense from a depth, from a talent, from an attitude standpoint. Uh, uh, Rivals had an interview with him, and uh, his take is this, man, I'm just going to do whatever the team needs and uh, try and compete for a a starting spot. So great attitude coming in. He had visits to TCU and had a visit to Illinois, Indiana, Nebraska, got the last visit. Other offers, Kansas State, Vanderbilt, KU. So that's a list, and Nebraska able to get the, the thumbs up. Casey Rogers, meanwhile, has narrowed his choices down to three, SC, Bama. Check that, SC, Auburn, SC, Auburn, and Oregon is where he could end up. And uh, you have uh, Riley Jordan uh, went out to, uh, to Oregon with two Eotis. And it's funny you, you bring up Casey Rogers because whenever he departed, we were talking about the fact that O'Shawn Mathis was not a like-for-like replacement for Casey Rogers. Nebraska has that guy now in Devin Drew. Devin Drew is the guy that can step up and, and fill the shoes of a guy in Casey Rogers that left. And what, what I think is really intriguing about Devin Drew is the fact that at Iowa Western, he did not start out as a defensive lineman. He actually walked on to play middle linebacker, and he was so buried on the depth chart, he accepted a move. He said they, they thought he might... Uh, project well to alignment once he put on some weight so he moved up to the defensive line and that first season he was just climbing the depth chart as he was putting on weight through the season and uh by his second year there uh, playing alongside Perion Winfrey a guy we got to see down the Oklahoma game a guy who's gone off to the NFL uh, that, that was uh, his partner on the inside and and uh, they had a, a formidable front line for Iowa Western that gets him the offer Texas Tech but he hasn't been playing defensive line for that long and I think you saw that last season at, at Tech where he didn't start the year all that strong, but then he had over half of his tackles in the final four games of the year. He, he's figuring the position out as he goes, and you can see the development last year. Still a lot of development to be done, I think, for him to be the, the type of guy that makes the impact along the defensive line that, that Nebraska does need next season. However, um, you kind of look at it like a Cam Jurgen situation where he was learning the position of center as he went, and you mm-hmm. saw his development here at Nebraska. It's a little different with Devin Drew. He's only a one-year guy, but you, you saw that development at Texas Tech last season, and if he can continue that development, I think he's going to be a solid acquisition for this Nebraska team because, um, as I said, not that much experience along the defensive line. So every snap he takes, you'd expect him to continue getting better and, and really growing into a defensive lineman's body as well. Once he gets comfortable, Elijah, to your point, excellent point, you've seen him thrive. Mm-hmm. 
And once he got comfortable on the interior at JUCO, a year later he's an Mm -hmm. All-American. Once he gets comfortable in the tech system, to your point, you look at the the abundance of tackles and playmaking and hurries uh, by the end of last season. And now you pair him inside with a guy like uh, Ty Robinson. Uh, You you pair him next to an O'Shawn Mathis. One of them's got to eat. Yeah, I mean, and I think the, right. the, the great factor is you, you talked about the, the point that Texas Tech didn't do great getting after the quarterback last season. Well, that's not what Devin Drew was brought here to do. Devin, I mean, they, they brought an O'Shawn Mathis to be a guy who could get off, get after the quarterback alongside. Uh, Stop the run. Garrett Nelson. Penetrate. Caleb Tanner. Yeah. And now you have, you have Devin Drew. Eat up some double teams. Get some penetration in the backfield. Let those linebackers behind you eat. That's what his job is going to be next season. It's not you're, you're subbing in on third down. You're going to get after the pass. That's not why he's here. He's here to, to fill those shoes that Casey Rogers left. And I think it's a solid acquisition, acquisition for Nebraska. When you look at the defensive line, I think they could still use another nose guard, a guy to rotate with, with Nash Hutmacher. That's still a, a, a glaring mm-hmm. hole in this defense. But this fills probably the biggest hole on your, your defense as a whole could be second biggest when you, we, we don't really know what Nash Hupmarker could turn into in, in limited snaps. We're not sure what the development looks like. You still have what I would call a hole there, but th- this fills a major gap in the Nebraska defense. No, it's a body, and it's a body that has experience at the Power 5 level. If you were to, to hit the trifecta and get a guy like Wynn from a culture like Bama that comes in at, at 6-4-3-10 that is straight up your, your, your run your plugger, uh, then you're then you're cooking uh, for Nebraska uh, on the basketball front. Baylor Shireman, I love watching this kid's highlights. Didn't see a lot of South Dakota State basketball, but I love his size, his height. We talked to Jacob Padilla last Friday, and Jacob's uh, all over the, the talent this kid is as a passer, as a creator, as a shooter, as a guy that gets others involved. He says, "You know what? It is Creighton for me." So Nebraska was in the running. And uh, you have Shireman saying, look, uh, the, the difference between Creighton and Nebraska was culture. You've got Fred trying to build it. You've got one that exists and is pretty established at a high level in Creighton. And uh, I'm coming back to, to graduate college and I want to win. And Creighton's been winning quite a bit for quite a while uh, in the Big East. And uh, that is a no-brainer. And I know it hurts Nebraska basketball fans because if you could have got Shireman, that's that's huge. But you don't blame the kid for going to a better program right now. Nebraska's got to do their job and not be in single digits in conference play. Period. End of discussion. I mean, uh, the Big Ten's a, an insanely good league. The Big East uh, is is not a, a snooze fest at all. It's an incredible league uh, with the talent that's there. And he's going to go light it up <laughs> at uh, CHI. He'll kill it there. And uh, this is kind of the same song next verse for Creighton v. Nebraska when it comes to talent acquisition or even development. Yeah, and I got a, a message from a loyal listener, Brennan. He uh, is an SDSU grad himself, follows SDSU pretty faithfully, and he said this is the exactly the kind of guy Nebraska needs. When you look at his maturity, a, a steady hand on both ends of the floor. Um, but as you said, I don't think you can fault the kid for not wanting to go it's, it's build really, up a culture. This, this is a guy that wants to get his one year of college basketball at Creighton, go get some wins underneath his belt, and then go get a shot playing pro basketball. And while you do look at Fred Hoiberg's history of, of turning out NBA talents, mm-hmm. you can also look at his history of winning here at Nebraska. And I don't think you can fault a kid for saying, you know what, 
I want to go play for Creighton. I want to go win some basketball games. I'm still close to home. I'm, I'm still in front of my family, in front of my friends. And, you know, best to him. It would have been a big addition for Nebraska. But uh, Nebraska will, will keep on chugging along, I think, without him. Well, it would have been a, a, a gift yeah, for, mm-hmm. for Nebraska to get him over Creighton. And Shireman had Creighton's entire coaching staff for an in-home visit uh, during this uh, week-long process. He had a PowerPoint by Coach Mack, and uh, he laid out where you fit, how you fit, why you fit. And Creighton is running gun, man. Uh, up, down the floor, uh, catching fire three, and they'll score 85 to 90 pretty regularly. Now, the hope is for Nebraska to get some, some positive movement forward with uh, the roster they're putting together. Getting a guy like uh, Sammy is is nice. That's a, that's a first step for, for Big Red Basketball. All right, Mitch Sherman's next to Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Monday nights are now famous. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Don't forget, beef up that backyard with ESPN Lincoln, the uh, Smoky Mountain Smoker. And uh, meet from Russ's. We'll tell you when to call to qualify. Mitch Sherman joins us from the Athletic. Mitch, how we doing? Chris, I'm doing okay. How about you? Good, man. I'm a little sad that uh, baseball's been rained down for junior, so the freshman season is kaput. It's done. But uh, soon there'll be Legion ball. We hope. <laughs> there, yes, yes. Uh, at our at our level, we are uh, we are canceled tonight because of wet field so that's disappointing yeah yeah and uh well hopefully there'll be uh, plenty of sun and summer for our side mitch a uh, lot to get to good stuff man from you and the athletic uh with nebraska and the portal I want to start off though with the the ncaa investigation i was reading your story uh, and and uh write up on on frost and the 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 decision by the NCAA, and I just I laughed out loud when you said uh, uh, "band aid for a broken leg." <laughs> with, with, with you yeah. when you wrote that with Nebraska special teams. Overall, what, what's your reaction here with with the NCAA's findings? This sounded way worse than it ended up being for for Nebraska with the NCAA. It did at the beginning, back in August, when the initial report came out. And then I think over the last few months, it was kind of clear that this wasn't going to be a significant situation for Nebraska as far as the sanctions went. But it was important just to put it in the past. And you don't want these things to linger because they can have collateral impact on your program. Um, You know, some places like Kansas basketball are maybe immune to, or not maybe, um, they just won a national championship. Um, are immune to being under the microscope in this way. But Nebraska football is is not in that category right now. So now that it's behind the Huskers, I would say that's a a positive development. Um, The timing, and I wrote about this too in the piece that published yesterday on The Athletic, the timing was was perfectly situated, and and I would, would imagine that was part of the negotiated resolution was to time the announcement or time the the release of the sanctions when they did, um, you know, the transfer portal is closed, uh, at least on the on the, the, the incoming uh, players uh, or the what would be exiting players from Nebraska. The, the O'Shawn Mathis thing is 
is sealed. The spring football is in the past, and, and yet you're still three and a half months, three and a half, four months away from a game. So there's not the potential for this to be like the situation in August last year where an announcement came out 10 days before the opener. And I, I think it, I think it kind of created a little bit of a black cloud mm-hmm. over that, that first week of the season. And, you know, you saw the results and I'm not saying that Nebraska lost the game because of the, um, of the in- revelation of an NCAA investigation, but it, it soured Scott Frost's mood. Those things tend to seep down into the ranks of the players. And, and that was a significant game uh, for the way that the 2021 season went in Lincoln. Um, you know, my other takeaway is just that special teams again. I mean, I, you said it about the, the Band-Aid on a broken leg. Um, I wrote it. That's what Nebraska has tried to do with special teams for four seasons. And not only did it get the Huskers nowhere as far as progress and uh, success in that phase, it got them sanctioned by the NCAA. It got Scott Frost a five-day suspension and a one-year show cause and a, a you know a penalty for be uh, albeit minor for um, assistant coaches in the spring this year. So, thankfully for everyone, uh, they have made a major change there and now have a special teams coordinator and Bill Bush. But uh, it it, uh, it could have and should have come earlier. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, let's talk about the the one-two punch with Devin Drew and O'Shawn Mathis. Let's go there. Nebraska needed the restock on the defensive line. They lost three. They've mm-hmm. added two. Uh, what what are you, as you look at this? What are, what are your expectations? Drew's a guy that wants to come compete, obviously for a starting spot. Same with Mathis, and Mathis is a big deal, not only politically and perception-wise, uh, to to outdo Texas for him. But uh, yeah. then you need the, the on-the-field uh, side of it. And now you, you pair him with a guy like Drew, who has shown the ability to, to just keep getting better every chance he's mm-hmm. had a chance to take a rep. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska lost a lot on the defensive line. I mean, if you talk about the players who transferred, there's, there's that. Um, and then there's Damian Daniels, who left with a, a season of eligibility, and Ben Stilley, who was done with his eligibility. Those two guys were multi-year starters, uh, you know, along with Casey Rogers um, and, and Jordan Riley. Um, so, you know, Damian Jackson is a, is a, a, a was a reserve outside linebacker, and I think a, a big part of Nebraska's locker room culture. So, had a lot to replace, and you know, they haven't replaced every piece, but they're much better than they were five days ago or four days ago. And these were essential pickups for Nebraska in the portal, especially Mathis, um, because of, I think, his versatility as a defender and the freedom that he gives Eric Chenander and Mike Dawson and, and that defensive staff to freelance a little bit. And that's, that's where Eric Chenander has been at his best, I would say, as a coordinator. When he started to get uh, more multiple in the looks that Nebraska showed as a defense, when he started to do that with – individual players creating positions. You know, he created a position for JoJo Doman. It was not um, an every down uh, spot when, when he got to Nebraska, when Chenander got to Nebraska, but they made it that with JoJo because of his unique skill set. And um, O'Shawn Mathis obviously plays a different position, but I think they can do something similar in, in creating 
um, a kind of spot for him that makes him the most effective player that, that he can be. And that, in turn, is outstanding for the Nebraska defense. They need to get the best 11 players on the field. And that is the objective. You've heard Scott Frost say it. You've heard Eric Janander say it. So I don't think it's going to look like a traditional uh, 4-3 or 3-4 or 5-2 or whatever alignment you want to call it. But they now have options and pieces to be able to get 11 guys on the field who can be a formidable group. Mitch Sherman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. you got to check Mitch's workout on The Athletic. Mitch, always with uh, great stories going up on there, makes the, the subscription price all worth it. And, and Mitch, uh, with when you look at this, this roster as a whole, both offensively and defensively, Nebraska's plugged a lot of holes this offseason, but in your opinion, what holes still remain? Well, we want to learn more about the health of the tight ends. And if everybody's back and healthy, then there's not holes to plug there, but as you know, Elijah, there was a lot missing at the end of the spring, and you can't just assume that those guys are going to get healthy. I, I think Thomas Fedoni is certainly facing you know, some kind of a rehab period that extends into the season, um, and, and we don't know about Chancellor Brewington. Uh, Travis Bokolek looked like he was getting back and, and, and probably was ready to go by the end of the spring, but you don't want to you don't want to risk that and have something happen like what, what uh, occurred with Will Honus last year at the very end of the spring. So a smart move for sure to keep him out. But that's a position to keep an eye on. Um, I did expect by this point, um, and, you know, we're, we're really at the end of this now. Some, some transfers, you know, you saw Jordan Addison from Pitt officially go into the portal this afternoon. So it wasn't exactly like a May 1st drop-dead thing because the schools have a grace period to, to – to, uh, to enter names into the portal. And, and I really thought that there were going to be more entries from Nebraska. I thought you might see some players in the secondary or um, even more on the defensive line or on the offensive line join uh, the players who've already entered the portal. And, and, you know, if it doesn't happen in the next 8 to 12 hours, then they're, they're free. They're, they're home clear. They know basically who's back in, in 2022. And you can reevaluate it with that, that – um, you know, that, that need question. Um, I, do, I, I think that they'll still continue to look for more depth and experience on the defensive line because the numbers were just so, so thin even before these, before these even after these, these latest two additions. Um, and maybe on the offensive line, too. That, that, again, is going to depend on the ability of players to get back from injury, and, and specifically uh, Teddy Prohaska and, and Turner Corcoran, who missed the spring. Um, they need to be back and, and, uh, and key pieces, uh, starters on that offensive line. Mitch, you look at the projected uh, too deep. Yeah, I know we're in May, but Nebraska really adapted well and, and did a great job in the portal from a recruiting standpoint. Tommy Hill, yeah. of course, you got Drew and Oshan and Kevin Williams perhaps at a guard spot, Palmer in the slot, Purdy and Thompson at quarterback, and maybe – Another defensive lineman to add, be it the, uh, the the wind kid from Bama or Goods from Florida. I know Nebraska's mm-hmm. been involved there, but uh, Nebraska didn't waste any time. It kind of speaks to, you know, the the staff, uh, the fan base, the ability to uh, to to roll with the, the NIL punches. I guess. Well, I know everybody would like to think that every that, that all of these players are going to be hits, and, and and you know Nebraska can just plug in place, and and there you go, you have a you know, a, a Big Ten caliber starter with every transfer that you bring in. And there certainly are going to be those guys, I, I would think, among this group. Um, but there are going to be misses, too. This is still recruiting. 
Uh, and and it's, it's, it's no different than, well, it is different because of the nature of the transfer portal. But, I mean, the success rate probably is not different than when you go out and, and get transfers or have gotten transfers in previous years, be it from junior college or from Division One schools. And, and recruiting is, is maybe more of a crapshoot bringing in um, high school talent. But um, you named a lot of names. And there, there, there's more. Um, there's some others in the secondary. There's um, another at receiver. Um, you know, some of these guys aren't going to pan out. And you know, the, the, what Nebraska has to has to avoid is is a low hit rate. They've got to have a high hit rate um, with these transfers, including the guys who who are coming in to help bolster the special teams with the the, the kicker and the punter. Um, all across the all across the uh, the, the two deep, um, there is a need for these uh, four-year transfers, these Division I transfers, to really fill gaps that um, either were missing from the 21 team or are gone because of departures uh, all over the field. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. Mitch, about 30 seconds. Uh, what does MJ uh, Melendez do tonight? <laughs> Coming up from Omaha, uh, he needs to hit the ball. And no, I, I know that, but you have a pro- yeah. projection here? Is he a three-for-five guy? Yeah, he's going to go two-for-four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, my only projection is that the Cardinals are going to lose. Uh, I'm so optimistic <laughs> about my Royals, I saw them in person uh, with my son, Zach, on Saturday. We had a rare weekend oh, yeah. off of the Diamond ourselves. So he's got a new Bobby Witt Jr. jersey that he's wearing right now mm. um, as I look at him. Uh, the City Connect jersey, uh, outstanding stuff. Um, and uh, he's wearing it proudly. We got to see Bobby get a hit. And uh, I'm predicting that his first home run before the end of this week. That'll be good. Mitch, we'll talk next week. Thanks for your time today. All right. Thanks a lot. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. We'll check in with Rick Kaczynski in 20 minutes. Kaz will weigh in on the new-look Nebraska defensive line, Drew and Oshawn, and, of course, a number of the kids that are, that are back. So Nebraska's feeling good, and you should because you've won in the portal. You've won at quarterback and wide out and on the defensive line and also in the secondary. And you could have some more wins uh, before it's all said and done. Uh, a team that, that really kind of woke up for the first time in a long time and uh, uh, much success and congratulations given to Mark Whipple. Pickett and that pit offense, man, they were dynamite. Eleven and two, New Year's Day six, uh, top ten ranking. I mean, just incredible. Vanquished Clemson, right? I mean, they finally dethroned the the, the Tigers. Uh, a guy that was phenomenal is Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner in the portal officially. We heard Mitch talk about it a little bit, and uh, that's that's the other side of things. Nebraska has been bit in the portal a little bit, but not to the degree or magnitude of a guy like Jordan Addison leaving Pitt and heading into the portal. Filed his paperwork with Pitt, saying in, he ex- intends to explore a transfer, uh, which happened before the May 1st deadline. So he's one of the top returners. He's too young to go to the NFL. Uh, but uh, returning to, to Pitt re- remains a, a viable option, he said. 
the expectation remains that this will be a this won't be a name, image, and likeness bidding war, but rather a way to situate Addison best for the NFL. Seemingly, a uh, a powerhouse will find him. He'll find them, and you have this transfer became a source of consternation between USC and Pitt. A source to ESPN Friday said that Pitt coach Pat Narduzzi called SC coach Lincoln Riley multiple times to express his displeasure over Addison's potential transfer. Pitt officials suspect that tampering may have occurred. That's that's the uh, the elephant. It's not if kids leave or think they got something better going. It's not if someone's in their ear. It's not if there's a bridge that will also get their cut. That's that's what's going on. But is is the the tampering aspect going to get fixed and policed? And I think if you had a a a, a line of football coaches, they'd probably grab uh, some knee high socks and a bar of soap and go code red Lincoln Riley allegedly because of how he exited Norman, how he raided that roster, and he's in Hollywood. Now, Stuart Mandel tweeted out that, look, USC does not have a collective. Fine. By name, they don't have a collective. But they have writers, directors, celebrities. I mean, they are Hollywood, and they are private. So they can do whatever the hell they want to go acquire talent because clearly pre-Lincoln Riley, they've not been keeping enough talent coast to coast or within uh, L.A. finding their way down to SC. Uh, They should never be bad. Uh, Lincoln Riley is there to fix that, and it's a wide-open conference where they kind of got to worry about Oregon, who's on a coaching change. Herm's a really... Good coach with a great eye for talent that's got some NCAA storm clouds. Leach is no longer in the league. Uh, You have Chip there at at UCLA, and they're better, but they've struggled. So, and and Washington's got a new coach who I think will do well. But right now, I mean, SC's in, in a league that doesn't get to the college football playoff. SC's a blue blood that will no doubt get the benefit of the doubt despite the league they play in. And now you go bring Addison, presumably, to USC. And you had a lot of coaches. And and Narduzzi's a throwback defensive coordinator that's done well at Pitt. And he's a Youngstown guy. And I mean that as a compliment, which means if he sees something he doesn't like, he's going to call BS and he's going to talk to the the, the source or what he believes the source. I don't know how much smoke is, if it's a four-alarm or a two-alarm. I don't know if the rumors are true. With Jordan Addison getting a vehicle, getting a, a residence in California, and then the NIL deal worth $3 million. Now, if you can nut it, can you put a price tag on a guy like that that's been proven? And if you're Addison, you lost your quarterback, you lost your offensive coordinator, who's throwing you the football at Pitt? And by the way, I can't go to the NFL, but I can go to USC, which kind of a Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, they put Aaron Donald's. Donaldson and, and, and uh, Aaron Donald and, and Larry Fitzgerald both tried to get him, friends of the program, to stay at Pitt. 
But from a situation, if you're Addison and you don't have a quarterback, you don't have your coordinator, you got to move on. I don't get, I don't blame him at all. But if it is Lincoln Riley saying, all right, I'm going to scan everyone's roster and I'm going to make more phone calls and, and put this idea in his head before it was there, that's, that's garbage. Well, I mean, whenever you look at it, no quarterback, no offensive coordinator, and there's rumors floating around earlier in the week that you could command a price tag of upwards of $3 million NIL-wise. Hmm, I wonder who released those rumors. That, that's my take on it, is you have anger from Narduzzi allegedly over the tampering, and then there's this story floating around earlier this week. Well, here's what Jordan Addison could get at USC. Hmm. It, it's the, the alarm bells are going off. I mean, it, it's not proven, obviously, that Lincoln Riley is tampering here, but come on. Come on, I, I think we can all well, see through I the mean, smoke here, you, right? You, you want to, I mean, just listen back to, to, to Dean Blevins, how he was kind of portraying the fury of Sooner Nation with not only is he leaving for USC, that's an insult to Oklahoma, but he's raiding your quarterback. He's raiding your recruiting class. He's raiding your coaching staff on his way out the door going scorched earth. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Oklahoma is trying to figure out, all right, uh, do we pull the trigger and, and bring back one of our own? What's Barry think? What's Stoops think? What's the booster? What's the <laughs> what's the, the group of Sooner donors think? I mean, there, there's all of that. I mean, and, and, and it, it was a mess in Oklahoma. We'll see how they are. I hope they're, they're decent enough to, to make it an awesome moment for Nebraska fans when OU comes down here in September. But, yeah, Lincoln Riley... From a character standpoint, you have some question marks just on on its face right now with, listen, I don't blame him for leaving Oklahoma because they're going to the SEC. He knows that the clock starts in that first eight and five season or worse. He ain't going to survive that because of the money to buy out because you've been cranking out a lot of wins every year. You've gone to the... Uh, college football playoff you you've had a run of really good quarterbacks that you really didn't recruit but man you found them because you were part of the the air raid system so uh there needs to be we talk about guardrails with this nil thing no there needs to be able if you're a program like Pitt, and the kids seemed happy to uh to prevent tampering from from becoming a reality. And I know that's that's a pipe dream. We'll take some of your calls. Coach Kaz on the way. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's Hail Varsity. To the phones we go. John with us. John, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. You bet, Smitty. Hey, I, you know, I have a, a, a thought here, and I may be wrong, but, um, you know, most of these universities are public universities. Most of them, not all, of them, but most of them. And when you're a public university, you have to, and you receive uh, government dollars, which most of them do. You fall under. Uh, you have to follow a Title IX guidelines, and so they that might end up being the guardrails that forces some um, reasonable limits to what this nil stuff is doing what do you think well i i think it could be a, a parameter but if you've got collectives i mean that's private dollars 
Uh, and I don't know that you can put a salary cap on whatever you, you know what what the market can can bear from a passing the offering offering plate standpoint. I yeah, mean, I, I, I don't I don't I, I don't I don't know that. But from a Title IX standpoint, from a government funding standpoint, I think you're right. I think what I what I need to see is. From I, I need a limitation on the portal. Give me, give me two years at a school before you get the free transfer. What do you think of this idea? The schools become less underground and just ha- create like an LLC or something, and all the NIL dollars go into a pot. And when they graduate or exhaust their eligibility, they get it. Sure, I think that'd be that'd be fine. Now, I think there's situations where uh, these kids that are transferring into a better NIL opportunity, they probably want some money up front. I think there's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the the, the inner workings of what's the down payment. Is it twenty percent like your house? Right. <laughs> Hopefully, right. I mean, it, it's it's just it it's not it's not it's right not. Now. Oh, thought, it is. It's not. It's not regulated. So. Not at all. You guys do a great show. I, I like hearing these things discussed, and I don't think we've even hit the, you know, there, we see the tip of the iceberg, but there's a whole lot going on below the below the surface here. It's a mountain uh, below, absolutely. John, appreciate you yep. tuning in. Thanks so much. Yeah, 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 bye. All right, good to hear from John, and yeah, the, the, the public versus private, but uh, I think if you've got your collectives set up, and it's a group of boosters that want to keep passing the offering plate for a player to come in and speak or go to a golf tournament or come play defensive end. And I don't think that's really it, – it didn't hurt getting O'Shawn Mathis with where Nebraska's at organizationally NIL-wise. No, Nebraska's organized, buttoned up, and ready to go. They had a plan, and it worked. It was more of the personal touch, in my humble opinion, that was the difference maker. Texas isn't going to get out, air quote, bid. So let's squeeze in a quick phone call here. Uh, We will qualify uh, a couple of listeners next hour. Who we got real quick? Got Pete on the line. Pete, go ahead, bud. We got a quick uh, shot clock. Floor is yours. Okay, I just wanted to bring up one point. You know, back in the, what was it, early 80s or late 70s, uh, they put a scholarship limit of 85 to try to create some parity in college mm-hmm. football. What do you see this NIL doing to the parity of college football? Oh, there's going to be no parity. The, the the rich will keep getting richer, and those that are barely hanging on will fall off. And, Pete, you're going to get a split at some point. You're going to get a, a field of 64 that is uh, high dollar, and then you're going to have the rest. Appreciate you tuning in and, and calling. We'll uh, take a quick time out, hour two on the way Rick Kaczynski kicks us off. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski with us, D-line coach, Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, what are you doing? 
Not much, man. Just uh, just at work, man. Taking a little break here. Joining the show. Not much, brother. Same stuff, man. Baseball, track, tennis, <laughs> hoops, football. No, nah, no football yet, but yeah, just you know, kid stuff. What? Uh... Were you a tennis guy or no? Come on, dude. Well, I'm asking. I'm asking because I don't think there's a tennis court in Erie, Pennsylvania. I didn't know. Uh, Maybe on the west side of town. (laughs) I didn't know if there was. I'm an east side. Are you? So you're a west side guy. Yeah. So you'd be if you were in here, you'd be you'd you'd be a our lady of peace kid, (laughs) one of them softies out there. Yeah, I, yeah, I've never, go. I've never swung a tennis racket. Just so you know, I don't know about that. You seem like a tennis. I can see you all white, white tight shorts, white. Sh- yeah, yeah. Your country club, though, I guarantee. You, no, brother, you I had, are, I had you to, are okay. a country club as it gets. The Knowles, the Knowles is where I grew up going. I, but <laughs> I missed that. I missed that Knowles sign. Yeah, that's well, what, I, that's what they all the you know part of uh, one of the perks of being a coach. They, uh, I think they paid for a country club membership. So I was at the Knowles the one year, then I think the Y. That's okay. why. <laughs> I said, I don't golf. And you pay for the Y. So they, they took care of me at the you, Y. You ever, uh, you ever go swing the clubs with Bo? God, no. Okay. God, no. Basketball was enough. Okay. He made me nervous enough playing hoops with him. No desire. No desire to well, play golf. We can man. we can keep the uh the old punchlines going about me and my uh my, my country club. Uh, oh, you're a West Sider. You'd be an eerie West Sider, no doubt. No doubt. I gotta ask you here with uh the news that came down yesterday, a good weekend for Nebraska with the NFL draft with O'Shawn Mathis. We'll get your take on Devin Drew, also a Texas Tech and Iowa Western kid that uh, committed today. But with the NCAA, uh, a show cause on on Frosty, a five-day suspension, a $10,000 fine. Uh, The initial reports made it sound really bad. But uh, when it's all said and done, not much to see or look at here for Nebraska. Kaz, I'm interested in just the... The, the the topic of compliance and what, what are you supposed to do as a coach? I mean, if if you guys are working and coaching and say, a, a air quote, an analyst is actually coaching or talking, then you got to go to compliance. This seems all pretty heavy handed by the NCAA when it comes to technically what an analyst can do and can't do. And by the way, Nebraska got popped and how how rampant is this at other programs? Yeah, well, um, I think for the most part, once again, I, I can I can speak for the for the Big Ten and the SEC. You know, when I was coming up, you know, as a GA, you had an offensive GA and a mm-hmm. defensive GA. That was, I mean, that was that was it. There was an analyst. There wasn't all these guys in recruiting or anything. So I understand how you have to regulate it because I mean, really, the rules put in place for for guys, you know, um, that are, are under contract other places that are big time, you know, head coaches or coordinators in between jobs or, uh, so it, it's to keep those guys from being on the field and coaching and taking, taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, 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 those spots are what they try to reserve for is young guys coming up, guys making, making, you know, the next step on their coaching journey, uh, those type of things. But, Really, the compliance comes down to where to where you are. Um, 
obviously the NCAA had to do something about it. I mean, I, it's, it's, I think it's, it's minor. You, you never want to miss anything. You never want anything attached to the NCAA, but as, as many faults as the NCAA has, I don't, what they're trying, I don't think they're out to try to intentionally hurt programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they, you know, send a message, but I think a lot of it has to do with the conference you're in, you know, the big 10, they're not going to turn the other way. Nebraska's not going to turn the other way. You kind of got to go by the rules, but you know, I've, I've had an opportunity to do a couple of those analyst jobs and it'd be impossible for me not to coach. It'd be in, impossible to, to be around it, to be on the field and to be in meetings and, and to keep your mouth shut. So uh, I, I understand the, the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it falls falls on the head coach. But I think a, a, a big part of it, a big part of the responsibility is the person doing it. And you got to know the rules. Uh, you know, you got to know the environment. And you got to know the conference you're in. You got to know the place you're in. You know, uh, Nebraska is not a place that they let those things those things slide. Um, you know, Kirk, oh, those were dudes that didn't let things slide, man. They, they went by the rules just because it, it can be, it can be a distraction, mm-hmm. but the onus was up on the, on the individual too. You know, um, you know, guys had to, you know, guys had to take responsibility for their actions, but uh, you know, we just didn't have that many guys when on the staffs we were on, you know, you had, you had a guy in recruiting, you had an offensive GA, you had a defensive GA, then you, you might have had a defensive assistant and an offense assistant that was a student student coach. But but you know, that was that was that was about it. So uh yeah, it, it's getting tougher and tougher to manage because uh, you cause you gotta to keep up with the Joneses, you gotta have these guys, especially in the recruiting part of it. Uh but you gotta hire the right guys and the guys gotta take responsibility of it. But uh, to me, it's not a big deal. In fact, if it's rampant, absolutely. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on, man. I mean, you know, if I was somewhere, you know, the two places that uh, that I interviewed with and were offered gigs as analysts, I was coaching. Basically, I was told I was going to be coaching. Mm-hmm. Just, just not on, just not on paper. So, um, so I get it. I get it. It's hard. I mean, it's just uh, it's an eight. It's, it's when you're a coach. It's, it's just what's inside of you. Um, it's hard not to coach, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a slap on the wrist. I mean, it's a one day story. It'll go away. Um, you know, um, I, I don't, it's not going to hurt the program. It's not going to hurt the staff, but I think NCAA just wanted to send a message, especially, uh, uh, in, in Nebraska too. Uh, and, and that's how you do it. You report it and then, uh, you know, you, you pay the, pay the small price and you move on and just make sure it doesn't happen again. But, one day story, man, then it goes away. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, a thought with uh, a couple of Nebraska's additions. O'Shawn Mathis picking Nebraska over Texas. Nebraska did uh, a really good job recruiting him. Uh, the attention to detail, it sounds like Mathis's family really felt good uh, in Lincoln with uh, sending him this direction. Devin Drew, guy that's got a couple of years. Uh, from uh, from Texas Tech, by the way, of Iowa Western. And he was a guy that was kind of viewed as a tweener, uh, linebacker, then switched to D-line. He can play all over the, the front. And uh, with both of these guys, Nebraska adding uh, some some talent, some some depth uh, to that that uh, that too deep, Kaz, but more, more uh, even front. Not that Nebraska hasn't played that, but maybe more of a, a true 4-3 here. Uh, looking into this 2022 season. 
Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, it's like we talked about last week. It, you, you shoot for the stars, but if, if you don't – or you shoot for the sky, and, and if you don't get them, you still got to have guys. Um, you know, um, so I think they did a good job of, of targeting guys that they wanted and, and getting who they wanted. It, it's uh, That's hard to do, especially in this day and age, and to, to have a kid that's as highly – recruited as the Mathis guy, um, you know, that's difficult. And I think, you know, Patterson down in Texas, I, I don't know if that hurt Texas or, or, <laughs> you know, right. um, or helped them, you know, that, that could have, that could have been a negative. I don't, I don't know. You never know how those relationships go, but, uh, um, so, uh, but I think it's a good thing. Obviously they got better. They're, they're better up front than they were, uh, than they were a week ago. Still got to have some bodies, but if you're playing four, three, you better have a, a guy opposite, that guy that can rush the passer one-on-one and uh, all, all good, all good fronts have that um, no matter how great of a player you have. Uh, if you have a dynamic player like Mathis, you got to have, got to have a couple other guys that can rush the passer because teams can game plan. They can do some things to take your effectiveness away. Guys like that, as dynamic as they are, they're going to, they're always going to make plays, but they're going to make more plays or they're going to, or guys across from them are going to make plays if they're athletic and dynamic. So, uh, that's a good get, you know, the, um, you know, what's the, what's the kid's last name? Is it Drew, Drew? Devin Drew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, here, here's a kid that's played football in the Midwest, Iowa Western. So he's played in the weather, understands the big 10. Um, you know, he's surrounded by two schools border, you know, you got Iowa and you got Nebraska right there in the meat of things. Um, so you're familiar with Big Ten football. You're familiar with the weather. You played in the cold. You know you you trained in the extreme heat and the humidity in the summer. Um, so you got all, you you've played in those you played in those four seasons. Um, you have familiarity about the, the type of football that you're going to be playing. And it's you know it's a it's a guy that's played a lot of snaps. So uh, I mean I think that's really important. Give give me a, a linebacker convert every day a quick guy that might be a tweener in size you know those are the guys that you know are are hard to block those are the guys that put the weight on the right way without losing their speed um and also what i love about the kid is he's got a he's got a couple years correct he's not a one and done right so you know you got a chance to develop that guy you got a chance for that guy a year from now to to be a leader for you to be a leader amongst the defense and you know, you got a guy that's that's been at a couple different places that's that's seen a lot. Um, you know, so you can't you can't get that in a in a high school kid. Um, so here's a kid that went off to Iowa Western. That's a great junior college, but it's still junior college is tough, man. That's a trek. That's hard. Um, and uh, I know a lot of kids struggle with that. So you got you got a kid that's faced some some adversity. What's doesn't sound seems like a really really durable guy and that go that's going to go such a long way such a long way in the big 10 because you know by the time you get to week 8 9 10 11 12 man i mean it's just you, you, you it's going to come down to the teams that have depth and the teams that are playing with guys like him that have been in the mix that don't miss things and uh i think that's what you got with that guy you don't play 900 snaps and miss a whole lot of practice and miss a whole lot of games. So uh, I think Nebraska, Nebraska did a great job there. They definitely, you know, filled a need there and, and got better at at uh, at those two positions. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a big weekend. That's a that's a big positive uh, landing those two guys for sure. Rick Kaczynski's with us. He's a he's a KC kid as well. Uh, so uh, from Kansas City to, to Iowa mm-hmm. Western, and, and that's uh, that's big and. 
63285, uh, Juco All American, and then uh, time at Tech. Kaz, uh, a thought here, and, and it, there's been a lot of rumors going around when you look at Addison from Pitt, and it's it's been told, and I don't know if Twitter's fact uh, all the time, but uh, Narduzzi wasn't happy, so we tried to get a hold of of, uh, of old Lincoln Riley, and uh, there's the alleged alleged poaching going on. A kid from Pitt uh, transfers and is in the portal. It doesn't say USC. That's where the smoke is is coming from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, SC does not have a collective. They don't have a group of boosters per se. But it's Hollywood. Uh, they can do what they want and and, and get a player. Uh, but uh, you look at you look at Addison, the Belindikoff winner. Lost his OC, lost his first-round quarterback, and, you know, what's left at Pitt, but he can't go to the NFL. So maybe someone gives him a phone call. Maybe someone gets in somebody's ear. The The topic of poaching, and uh, we've gone over it before, but that that is – it's one thing if the kids transfer, and there's this this insane financial package set up for them – but it's another, uh, what are you supposed to do on the other side? If you're a coach, a teammate, uh, a program that is 11-2, and two, right? You look at Pitt last mm-hmm. season. Uh, this Addison case is, is causing waves across the nation, depending on where he ends up. I mean, it's not official to SC, but that's what it sounds like. So you mean these kids are going to bigger and better places just like the coaches do now for right, more money right yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh i got it i see so now everybody's mad at the kids for no they're, the not, they're not mad do. at the kids they're no, probably I, mad, I they're probably mad at the, the 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 coach or the poach more so well whether you're you know and that that's the problem I, you know it, in this case uh, it's it's hard to blame anybody except the ncaa going years back and, and not getting in front of this um if if they would have figured out some type of stipend for kids and set some parameters years ago, I don't think you'd have these. I don't think you'd have these problems. But also too, I think when the NIL started, it was more for guys that were already on campus. I mean, this has mm-hmm. become such a recruiting tool for everybody, and that's just throwing the, the the wrench and everything and throwing all the turmoil. And you know, it's great when you benefit from it, but. You know, nobody ever thinks about it's like your ex-girlfriend. You remember all the dang good times, but you know, you know there's, there's there's a reason why you know you left your left your car in O Street and walked home, man. You know, so it's uh, uh, so you know you just nobody thinks about when it when it negatively negatively affects you, and and that's what happens. I mean, you know, recruiting guys on your own roster, recruiting guys out of high school, it's the, it's, it's difficult enough, but you know, when you, when you think of, well, I know people say, well, what happens? No, it doesn't happen in the NFL. You have to give something up to get good players, whether it's money or draft picks or current players. And it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It happens at certain times. And I think there's just no parameters. I mean, how do you put a roster together? You got kids leaving after spring ball, you know, you got kids leaving in the middle of the school year. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, I don't think it's the kids' fault. I don't think it's the coach's fault. It's just where we're at, and people are trying to take advantage of what they can take advantage of. And it's it's how do you diminish the damage to, to your program? But once again, the, the big fish eat. A few more minutes, Rick Kaczynski. We continue on at Tale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could 
Listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, a few more minutes with Rick Kaczynski, a Tuesday with Kaz, talking the transfer portal and the Addison situation with Pitt. If Southern Cal, I don't know, Pat Narduzzi, he's not a California guy, but if Notre Dame called him, I think he'd leave Pitt. If Notre Dame called him and said, I'm giving you, you know, $5 million, I think he'd leave. Um, You know, if Michigan called and said the same thing, the the thing is now and it's no it's no different it's no different for, for the kids um you know when you talk about the poaching um some people are going to do it some people aren't there's just there's just ways that certain people operate um that are by the book and other ways that uh, other people do it but but now you got the injection of these of these NIL agents um you know you got this money happening before the kids step on these packages happening before these kids step on pack uh, on campus uh i think it's just just think it's just absolutely ridiculous i i just i think you're gonna have to get you know guys like Saban, dabo these big time programs to to kind of get a collective together and say all right we can't go on i don't know how you sustain this i mean i really i really don't it, it it's just absolutely ludicrous right now um, I don't think the fans, you know, or the fans love it when you get a Mathis, right? But they don't love it when you when you lose a great guy. I mean, what about next year? All of a sudden, you're you're losing, you know, your top two receivers and your quarterback because they got better offers somewhere. Um, you know, and that happened after spring ball. How do you how do you replace that that roster? How how do you? And I just think it's God. It's going to get difficult. I think you're going to lose good coaches uh, over it. You're going to have coaches move on to the NFL. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, it's great when you get a great player, but I mean, let's be honest, man. I mean, this is college ball. People like the guys that are there four or five years, you know, they like these stories. I mean, you got, you got guys coming on campus that literally they'll be on your campus five, six months playing football. You know, that's, that's not a college experience. That's not an educational experience. I mean, that's what it's become. It's, it's, it's an athletic experience that that's it i mean it's uh it's become you know basically professional football and my concern my concern for all these things is how it how it affects your current team how it affects your locker room i think you're going to see it at tennessee um you know with this big quarterback whatever they're offering this quarterback and what if that kid can't play what if some kid on camp, what if some kid beats him out and, and, and lights it up and now now he's looking for money? Um, I mean, look at look at uh, what what's the kid's name? The Rogers kid mm-hmm. that, that that put his name. I guarantee part of the problem is is you know they're going after this guy and he's hearing these rumors about what Nebraska's offering this kid from Texas Christian to come to Nebraska. Well, you know, I, I just think it's it's just bad. And that's not a Nebraska problem. That's a that's a that's a everybody problem right now. I mean look at it in basketball. It's even worse in basketball in in, in my opinion. Um and man, you know, these smaller schools, how, how do you put a roster together? I mean these smaller schools have become, you know, triple A baseball. You know, that's that's what college football's become right now. And uh hey, but hey listen I take advantage if if my kid was a great player right now and he's coming out of high school. I don't think I'd let my kid transfer, um, but uh, once he's in college. But if he's in high school right now, hey man, let's go get. How much money can we get, dude? Uh, <laughs> you know, 
hey, you know, I mean, I, I would take advantage of it, but I just don't know how you sustain it mm-hmm. right now. I, I just think it's it's really bad for 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 college for college football. I don't think this was the intent. Um, it, it's uh, it's snowballed pretty quick. It's got it's gotten away. It's gotten away um, from people rather rather quickly. But once again, at the end of the day, the big dogs keep eating, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's real. The USC's, you know, Alabama, they're going to get you paid once you get there, but they know you're going to get paid. You know, the Clemson's, uh, you know, it's, you get in these bidding wards that mean that, that you're going to st- it still comes down to the haves and the, and the have nots. And, you know, there's certain programs are going to, that are going to continue to get the great players whether it's out of high school, whether it's through the portal, whether it's through uh, through NIL, so uh, the big dogs are going to continue to eat. So it, I mean, it's it's tough. I can't imagine being at a at a mid major program right now. It's like coach your guys, just make sure they don't do too good, and nobody finds out about them. <laughs> Turn your phones in before you leave, please. The <laughs> yeah. Kaz, it could help. You know turn nebraska around i mean that's that's the intent go get some could, guys could hurt you i mean once again i mean you're yeah. thinking about the positive side of it man it could hurt you it could hurt you i mean you know let's just say you know let's say you got a receiver next year that just you know has 100 catches mm-hmm. and he's a sophomore well i'm gonna go to alabama i'm gonna go play with bryce young you know oh, and yeah. i'm gonna go make a you know 750 grand I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You, you have to, and, and that's what, that's what the negative about it as a coach right now, you constantly have to think of the worst case scenario. You know, there's no best case scenarios. And I mean, I don't know how you manage a roster right now. And, and I think it's hurting high school kids too. I really do. I think it's hurting the high school recruiting. I, I think and, you're right. Cause you're going to look at uh, a, a seasoned guy with some, some experience in a power five before maybe turning to that, uh, that freshman phenom that you shelled mm-hmm. out for a, for a five-star ranking. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just think, I think you're going to have more washes, you know, where instead of, you know, turning a program, you're not going to get that many kids that are going to turn a program. You're going to turn the program around with the kids that are on campus three, four years. Nebraska isn't turning a program around with, with masses with Mathis and drew, right. They're going to turn, if they're going to turn it around next year, it's with the guys that have been in there that have been with the staff that have been in the weight room that been at, that been in Lincoln for three, four five years. Right. I mean, hell, these guys are going to come in and help you, mm-hmm. you know, but they're not turning the program around. They just, they just, they just add to what you already have. So if you don't have that core, it doesn't matter who you bring in. Um, I mean, Michigan State, I mean, they hit the jackpot. I mean, who, who's going to bring 17? I mean, they, they struck lightning. Nobody's going to bring in 17 guys and or 25 guys and 17 of them contribute. It just doesn't happen. You know, that's that's once in, that's once in a lifetime for Michigan State. You know, how, how's Michigan State going to continue to be successful if they are? But with the guys who are there, the guys who are going to stay, you know, the guys who are in East Lansing, and it's no different in Lincoln, no different in Iowa City. Or Minneapolis or Madison, you know, so you got to build, you still, still building a program. You can't build a program with a guy who's going to be on your campus for six, seven months, man. He can help you, but you ain't building a program that way either. Well, sustainability, I totally agree with you there. It's going to be the the long-term 
guys that have been there, and we talk culture a lot. Rick Kaczynski. Kaz, real quick, a thought on uh, Nebraska's weekend with the uh, the NFL. Three draft picks, two of the second round, Jurgens and Cam Taylor-Britt. Uh, Samari goes to Green Bay late, and then several guys getting uh, undrafted free agent, priority free agent deals. So, uh, you know, Nebraska able to have a, a weekend similar to you guys put a lot of guys in the league uh, as well. And um, you know what? Uh, Nebraska uh, got some face time uh, early in the draft, which was nice to see. Yeah, that's what's great. And it just it, and it, and it just goes to show you, you know, unless you're at every practice, unless you're watching film, and know what's going on with the game, you know, because, uh, you know, during the last two seasons, people wanted to fire Cam. Now you got a bunch of Eagles fans living in uh, Nebraska, right? So, um, you know, nobody, 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 you know, nobody, unless you're involved, you just, you just don't know. Um, and, and I think also, yeah, it's good. It, it's good. That's what Nebraska, that's what, that's what Nebraska needs. But, I think also you, you got some kids that got some bad advice. You know, that's what I was concentrating on. You know, imagine, you know, those, those kids that went, that went free agent, they could have came back and played college football another year. Um, you know, and I could have told, I could have, I could have told you the, the one kid was making a mistake a hundred percent watching film on him. I mean, there's, there's just no, there's, you know, um, got bad at got bad advice. Now you know people move on for yeah. I don't I don't know individual reasons for making the decision, but hell, man, I'd want to stay in college as long as I possibly could, man. Yeah, I'm like Tommy Boy, man. Keep me there. Why, why would you? Years, why would baby. you want to? Yeah, why would you want to leave? So, so uh, you know, I think it's I think it's good that uh, Nebraska had some guys get drafted. That that's what you need. You you, you can't. Um, you know, you can't compete in that conference unless you got guys that can play in the NFL and and develop and develop guys in the NFL players. So, uh, yeah, so that was that was good. That was good to see. And you know, and it's it's just nice to see a different narrative too, right? Because just like everybody else, everybody's trying to find a negative, right? So, what's been all the talk? Every oh, Nebraska didn't have anybody. So it's nice to see. Nice to see Nebraska guys. Uh, get drafted and you're going to have to continue to do that year after year. If you, if you want the pro type of program that you want to build there and the type of program that's, uh, that's going to compete on their, on their side of the conference. Rick Kaczynski with his Kaz. Good chat today, man. I'll, I'll let you know how my, my tennis elbow is. <laughs> uh, and uh, next time you're, uh, you're, you're on the West side of Erie, you call me and, and we'll, uh, I'm not allowed. They don't let me. They, they don't let me. I can't. <laughs> Golf and tennis. You would be a natural at both, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know about that. But hey, Enjoy. I'm pretty, pretty good at drinking beer. That, yeah, that's a song, I think. I like it. Guys, you, you, you take care, bud. All right, buddy. Thanks. See, he's got me painted as this, uh, I don't know. All of uh, Ackroyd's buddies from Trading Places, right? I got a sweater tied around my uh, my shoulders. I'm not to go play a little tennis. I, I, I'm not coordinated or, or good enough to play tennis. I'm a racquetball guy myself. Oh, yeah. I did racquetball for a while. Mm-hmm. See, it's <laughs> it, it feels like uh, tennis without all the like the high fluting aspect of it. Right, you know? right. I mean, in golf... No good at it, but I like playing it. So there we have it. And golf has progressed less from the rich man sport that it used to be like 
say 40 50 years ago it, it's more of the, the common man sport now i've yeah for him to think i'm, I'm a soft country clubber <laughs> well, well, we did uh, eat lots of ice cream at the Knolls back in the day. Too much time at the snack bar, I can assure you. It was uh, ride your bikes there and go do your paper out. So a little bit, a uh, little blue with the white collar, I would say. Rest in peace to the Knolls, by the way. Yes. God, that was fun. Let's uh, get you qualified here. Caller eight and nine. Right now, beefing up your backyard with ESPN Lincoln. How about this? A Smoky Mountain Smoker and a $100 gift card to Russ's Market. Qualify right now. We'll do the giveaway May 27th. All right. Qualify right now. Caller 9 and 10. 466 Qualify right now. Beef up your backyard with Capital Patio and your friends at Russ's. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on AFR City Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Back to you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Big thanks to Elijah for. Getting all the callers, uh, those who qualified in the hopper. Again, beef up your backyard with ESPN Lincoln. The folks at Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop, that Smoky Mountain cooker, smoker, and a gift card to Russ's Market is there for you. And we'll do that drawing uh, May 27th. Your chance to qualify four times a day, 9 and 10 a.m. with the morning hookup, 4 and 5 o'clock with Hale Varsity can log on ESPNLincoln.com and qualify on air as well. And let's get into Better Call Saul. We welcome in uh, Better Call Saul insider, Michigan State fan, Emeritus, Mike St. James. St. James, how you do- how you doing, man? Good, good. It was a it was a nice calming episode last night, didn't you think? You know, it was a, a little bit a letdown. Have you ever dressed up like a, a former coworker and went to a meth infested hooker spot? I haven't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not in the past couple of months, anyway. No. Not for a while. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's been quite a while. Well, let if me... you were to dress up as a former coworker or a current coworker, <laughs> who would you do? You know, I don't know if he'd like this, but a friend of ours that used to sit by us and used to wear Lincoln Star sweatshirts a lot. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Lo- we love you, Timo. <laughs> no, I. No, last night was fine. I, I mean, I get the, the, the hilarity with. With with trying to to take down the 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 blonde dude from the, what's his name Howard Howard yeah. yeah he he just rubs everybody wrong he's like the blonde guy in Karate Kid you know yes right Billy or whatever his name is so yeah that's that's the target or or the Anthony Michael Hall character in a lot of the eighties movies. That exactly. is that is Howard to me and Better Call Saul. But yeah, as intense as the Nacho episode was last week, you got kind of a chill uh, episode, except for the end where you see 
the character Kim Wexler getting more and more nervous because they're wondering if Lalo's on the on the loose. And anytime you have to 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 meet Mike that way, it isn't good. No, and this was two straight episodes without Lalo. And God, uh, that guy's a that? great character. He he is. He's psycho and crazy. Here's what I think. Mike St. James, we're reviewing Better Call Saul, episode four. I think that Lalo's got to die here at some point because Tuco takes over and Gus isn't as, as paranoid once Breaking Bad starts. Fair? Yeah. Yes. And I think Mike's okay. probably the one that gets to take out Lalo. Hey, well, maybe they just like send him to Alaska or something. Why, why does he have to be? Why does he have to die? Lalo, because he's. <laughs> I, I know how the show works. I know right, he's gonna no, die. right because <laughs> there's no lovability to him except his mustache. You may like his mustache, Elijah. I, I respect any man with a mustache. Yes. So. Well, not any. Uh, let's, let's rephrase that. There. That's, that's fine. Most men with a mustache. That's fine. That's fine. Depends on the man. So <laughs> overall, give me a grade from last night. You know, okay, I don't care what happened other than the Kim Wexler ponytail scene. You, that's that that's what you're there for. for me. <laughs> that's what you're there yes. for. Yes, this, and this episode was directed by Ray Seahorn, the, the woman yeah. who plays Kim Wexler. Yeah. Yep. And she gave us what we all have wanted all these years, 10 glorious seconds of her ponytail. It even jiggled. It was fantastic. Mike St. <laughs> James... As we're doing play-by-play on the Kim Wexler ponytail jiggle segment. Now, I, I think this, I think it's funny that everybody at the courthouse is all of a sudden angry at, uh, at Saul for, for being a friend of the cartel. When they all wish they weren't, you know, court-appointed att- attorneys making far less than Saul is going to be making. Yes, how come everyone's treating me like I'm covered in oozing pus sores? I think that was his line, right? (laughs) Why am I a leper? (laughs) Yeah, but but that's okay for him because after he sees that, then he sees his new clientele, and he's got a lot of customers. Yep, he has a lot, and he's going to get launched out of the old nail salon. I'm going to switch gears on you for two seconds. Are you a, a connoisseur of Ozark? Yes. In fact, my wife and I are going to watch the last two episodes tonight. Same here. Uh, I will not watch it with my wife, but I will watch the la- the next two episodes, the final two episodes tonight. Uh, there's been some backlash, my friend, on, on Ozark. In what way? <laughs> How it ends. <laughs> Oh, I don't don't say anything to no, me. No, no. I, I, Do you I, know how it ends? I, I have a good feeling. Yes. Okay, because I have not seen anything. I've avoided everything I can about Ozark. Well, see, I'm first, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. St. James is like, I'm going to hang up. Won't do it. What happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, back, to... back, to, back to Better Call Saul. What happens next? I don't. I, I hope there's more of Wendy. I hope they can find another scene for her. And root beer. It, it was, <laughs> yes. Oh, by the way, do you, do you have a, like 30 seconds for a, a Wendy story? Yeah, she, sure. <laughs> do you remember the scene, the montage they did at the beginning of a Breaking Bad episode where yeah. she's servicing all these guys? Yes. They're all driving up in their cars, and she's taking care of them. Allegedly, the story goes, 
somebody drove up there propositioning her not knowing they were shooting a TV show. Really? Some guy came up to her thinking she was a real prostitute, and <laughs> allegedly he may be in that montage. Really? Because they didn't keep all that good a track of everybody, I guess. Oh, that's man. That's the story. <laughs> How would you like to see that? You know, like, uh, you know, what were you doing? Time, How was lunch? Well, you know, just drove around and... <laughs> Oh, is that you on Breaking Bad? <laughs> Forever? Just imagine coming out. You want to watch the new episode tonight? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but anyway, what's next? Yeah, as long as they keep Kim alive. And yes, I do agree. Lalo's got to die some way, and it's got to be brutal, and it's got to be awesome. But hopefully he'll last for a while, and we got to see him again. I want to see him again next week, but in the... Preview of next week episode. Next week's episode. He didn't show up there either. Did is he? here's my question: Does does Kim just leave? Does she get weirded out and just take off? I hope so. But gosh, why wouldn't she be in any part of Breaking Bad? Why wouldn't he ever? Here's my thought. I th- I think I think she just bolts. I think she takes off. Is too scared about the situation because Jimmy would have had a. Saw would have had a complete meltdown if she yeah. gets offed. He wouldn't have been able to go on functioning. Yeah, I would think so. Mike St. James reviewing Better Call Saul. Earmuffs for him if you bump into him on Ozark. All right. And, Mike, this was fun. Thanks for jumping on. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check in next Tuesday. How's that? Okay, have a great night, Schmitty. There he is. Sparty, Mike St. James, talking Better Call Salt. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio. Tomorrow on the show, we'll run down Grant Wistrom. More on Day by Day. That documentary, a week from Friday, drops at the Rococo. Excited about that. We are crossing our fingers for G-Dub. Hopefully that can work out with his schedule. Mike Babcock, Mike Shuhart tomorrow. So excited there and uh, plenty more. Who knows with uh, the way the portal's been blowing for Nebraska, the winds of the portal. Uh, where Nebraska stops, still some names to go get. Uh, pretty interested with uh, where Nebraska may end up with a couple of former Bama guys. And, of course, Good, the Florida defensive lineman. Back to, uh, to, to shows. Saul's good. Really enjoy it. And it is as good as a show there is written-wise. The Breaking Bad Better Call Saul. Are you done with Ozark or no? No, 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 no spoilers, please. I'm, I'm keeping no, the earmuffs on as well. No, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But where are you at? Have not started the fourth season yet. I'm through season three. Okay, so you saw the the last trip down to Mexico. Yes, and and fist pumped like all of us. Mm-hmm. Have not seen season four yet. Do not spoil any of it for no, me. I, I did uh, last night. Uh, I started the gentleman with my roommates. I went out and we went bowling. It's a new Netflix movie, and uh, started it was very intrigued. Had to leave. Uh, but I came home and my roommates had very they had high reviews for what, it. What so. is that? The gentleman. I need to look up the cast for you because I'm terrible with actors' names. What's it about? 
Well, I, was, I only got like 10 minutes in. Well, it's got Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant. Okay. It's got a, a star-studded cast. So it's a Netflix series or a movie? It's a it's a movie. Uh, he's a... Uh, let's see. It's uh, Matthew McConaughey has become rich by building a highly profitable marijuana empire in London, England. Shocking. So uh, the, the whole the, the theme of it is he's trying to get out of his business. He's trying to sell it off. And uh, that's where the fun begins. So... Okay. I recommend that one tonight, though. No movies and TV for me. I'm going to be watching my Colorado Avalanche game one against the National Predators. Right? Super excited for that. That's good. Could be the year for the Avs. I mean, it's never an easy road to the, to got the Stanley four Cup. Four hockey playoff matchups. Get some six o'clock or six thirty mm-hmm. starts, and then some eight thirty starts. It's very. I mean, it's like four games a night of hockey for the next couple weeks. So. Um, I mean, I, I I love watching playoff hockey, especially. I like I like hockey once playoff season rolls around. Like it's going to be great stuff. There was uh, some hockey games on at the bowling alley last night. I'm looking forward to the Wild and St. Louis series. That one should be good. The uh, the Maple Leaves in Tampa Bay series uh, it wasn't a great game last night, but I think that should be a good series. I'm looking forward to the the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I, I need something to look forward to. You know that my Nuggets have been bounced. Yeah, they got bounced. Uh, we'll be uh, chatting about. More Joel Embiid mm. when it comes to a jock doc with Dr. Doug. And uh, we'll have that tomorrow as well because that guy's got an injury history, but man, Pascal rocked him. And uh, we'll see where the Sixers end up going uh, that way. More chances for you tomorrow during the morning hookup in Hale Varsity with the Beef Up Your Backyard, the Smoker, the Meat Certificate. Can log on ESPN Lincoln, qualify there, but listen for your chances each day, uh, all day. I should check that every day, every day between 9 and 11 and 4 and 6. And we'll be back tomorrow. Hail Varsity back at you at 4, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.